Welcome to Wake Up With KC, where you can discover new concepts and perspectives and transform your life to become the best version of you and live your best life now. Every Monday, you can reach out to me at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com. Okay, good morning. It, you know what? It's been a really nice, cool weather. You know, enough to get a sweater out kind of thing. But it's another Monday. And remember how last episode like, we were talking about Inky and Lil Ninhursag and, you know, the creation of Adam and Eve and how we were created originally? Well, I was talking to my partner. And I love when we have these intellectual intimacies. They just you know, rock my world kind of thing. And he's and you know, I'm going over some of the books that I've been reading and he's already read some of them. So he's like, yeah, the Anunnaki came down as like a military organization. So they come down to Earth, set up camp and then assigned certain positions and, you know, like officers of, you know, Inky and Inlil and then, then there was Ninhursag and there's like others. I mean, come on, there's like over a thousand gods if you want to call them, but they're actually alien beings from another planet. And I was like, wow, you do have a point there, um, babe. And I was like, that's an interesting perspective of how if you look at the history and how their writings and, and it, what's fascinating to me is you, you know, they're, they're calling them gods, but they were having sex with each other and, you know, half sisters and, you know, they kept reproducing to create, you know, you know, half human beings and half of them kind of thing and calling them names and then giving them reign over, you know, certain parts of the city and, and whatnot. And I was like, wow, you know, the, the the goddesses were having sex with the human males and the male gods were having sex with the human females and creating more kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I feel like I am, you know, reading about a soap opera. It's like that fascinating. It is like a soap opera. How they went on and the the jealousy, the the envy, the, you know, the wars and civil rivalry. In a way, they were fighting against each other too. And I'm like, look how we are today. Still doing it. History repeating itself. I keep telling you guys. It, this is how you realize that, oh yeah, it is like history repeating itself. You know, that energy, that energetic energy trauma from way back then. And it still gets transferred over and over and, and look at today's times. We're still divided, separated. And that's how they were doing it and being as well. So I find it fascinating. And remember I told you about the, the cuneiform, the laws and the codes of Ambarambi and, and going back to, oh, there was somebody else that wrote, a, a you know, laws and codes before him. Well, I sort of gathered what I could. And um, I find it really fascinating because, you know, these the laws revealed documents written in their cuneiform a system that was you know invented by the ancient Sumerians and used in the Middle East and that's where it all began and this was like three millennia BC hello and the majority in the inhabitants of the Middle East you know it includes the Sumerians the Babylons Assyrians Elamites Hur Hurians Kassites 
the Hittites, and despite all of them, they took you know, in in those areas, they were taking bits and pieces of what they found in certain laws prior to those who reign and implemented their own. And it kept changing. And I sort of now understand, you know, because as time goes by, you know, you evolve, we've evolved, and it sort of has to change in a way. So I get some of that but this is where it all started and I find it really like wow you know how do they even come up with some of this stuff it's just woohoo so anyhow you know with these you know civilization and society growing and in cultures they had some kind of you know how to get you know, order and organization put together for people to follow. Apparently, you know, and they just, it's its mind-boggling. Oh, my God. And I'm like, wait a minute. You, okay, you gods or goddesses and whatnot, you go in, have sex with each other, and then you have sex with human beings, and it's things start getting out of hand and you're fighting against each other you're you have more separation and division and then how does this class you know of because Amber Rombie speaks of it and I'm, I'm going to go over it in a minute they separated from people who owned property was considered rich and then you had the other people that like worked for labor which I would call employees okay and then you had the slaves and I'm like but we were all originated based on Inky and Ninharsag as primitive workers so we began as slaves so when did that you know get established of categorizing the the civilization of who got what in and whatnot and I have a like this is just a, a you know what came to me was oh those that you know the gods and the goddesses they were the ones that when they procreated and reproduced with males and females that's that's where the royal blood they got anointed they were able to reign and then they were position of being the property owners and considered royal wealthy you know individuals so then I'm like okay you got that part so then when the employees come involved in here like they worked for I guess the higher up so they were considered not slaves but they got compensated for whatever they did and then you have the slaves and I'm like wow this is interesting so anyhow you know with the with these ancient Middle Eastern laws it also included both um, Judaic law and Egyptian law too so it all starts to come together and then with separate developments and even some scholars see the relationship between the biblical law and the cuneiform law so this is where everything started being established in the Hebrew text and the the Bible so I, it, it's just fascinating how I'm connecting the dots people so you know it was developed in several nations kingdoms and the common features are um the prologue and the epilogue of these so-called princes emphasizing the the importance of the object of what he's working while he's reigning whatever area and then and supposedly they were inspired by the gods anunnaki the alien beings hello then it became secular 
and then fixed and codified to where it was custom, judicial, and deliberate of legislation. So this is how, like, government started getting established and whatnot. And it's, I just, wow. So with all these cuneiforms, let's start at the beginning. I told you about Yurukajina, who was an immediate predator and of now they called him in in and this one inci Alanda. oh my god he, be, he he when he reigned he had a reputation for greed and corruption hmm huh that's interesting don't you think we see that today hello <laughs> but oh my god wait until wait until you hear what this guy does and then euro kajina who started these first codes of law and order i guess if you want to call it that it's it uh, it's mind-boggling i'm like oh my god <laughs> this is like wow so stay tuned we're going over this right after this Hello, this is KC. Would you like to be a sponsor for Wake Up With KC at a very affordable price? Why not advertise your products, services, or goods here on this show? Another creative way to market your business here at Wake Up With KC. Contact me for more details at wakeupwithkc at gmail.com. Welcome back to Wake Up With KC, the place to awaken and be the best new you, so you can live your best life now. All right, we're back. So, Euro Kajina is one of the first ones to even write codes of law and whatnot. And then from there, we noticed that others like, uh, what was his name? Oh my God, from Euro Kajina to Lipit Ishtar to Ernamu and then Hambarambi. So when your your Kajina took um immediate predator from uh they call him Incis, whatever, from Lu Galana, who had a reputation of green and corruption, uh Lu Galanda seized control of the most important temples those of the gods Ningursu and Shal Shagana and the goddess Ba B-A-U and then he placed them under the administration of an official that he appointed who was not as formal as formerly the case a priest now this Lugalanda also appointed himself his wife Bara Namatara Oh my God, try to pronounce these words. Holy crap. And other family members as administrators of these temples. So he referred to the temples as private property of the NC. And he no longer mentioned the names of the DTs in temple documents. And he levied taxes on the priesthood. So they were creating priests too. So um, Lugiana and his wife became the largest land holders in the region his wife shared in the NC's power managing her own private estates and those of the Ba 
Temple. She sent diplomatic missions to neighboring states and she bought and sold slaves. The And this is part of the source from the creation of the patriarchy. Um, and it's written by, I think, uh, Durda Lerner. But then tensions between the NC and the community increase. On his foundation cones, uh, Euro Kajina describes the prevailing conditions for the common people. So their boats were seized by the chief of the boatmen. Their sheep were appropriated by the herd, the head herdsmen, and their fish stores were confiscated by the fisheries inspector. They had those back then, people. The men of the Insi cut down the orchards of the poor. And they conscripted workers to labor in their fields. And court officials were everywhere. The NC took the best land for himself and used the sacred oxen from the temples to plow his fields. And then the temple officials were also greedy and corrupt. Hmm. I see history repeating itself. Hello. They charged excessive fees to perform their religious rituals and to bury the dead. They took bribes, levied unronous taxes, which they shared with the NC. And then they likewise used the temple oxen to plow their fields as well. Although these conditions had existed to some degree since time immemorial, From the distant days, they seemed to become much worse during the reign of this Lugalanda. So, and he reigned for less than six years before Urukajina ceased the power. So, you know, and then Lugalanda, Lugalanda's son, Yurtarsursura. Okay, try to pronounce these names. I'm telling you, it's woof. Is known to be alive a year later indicates that his it was not a bloody coup d'état, whatever that means. But I got, I think it was not a good thing. Okay, so and then by itself was a note notable break with the ancient tradition and usually disposed monarch and his sons were executed thus ending any pretensions they had about reclaiming the throne so back in those times if a whoever reigned king whatever they made sure they killed the son so the son couldn't reclaim his the right and from my understanding now so or ceasing the throne or power. So when Euro Kajina claimed he was acting on behalf of the boatmen, the shepherds, fishermen, and farmers, and he implied he was aided by the priests. The priesthood of Lagash had always been very influential, but if the temple officials thought they were playing the role of kingmaker by bringing uh, Euro Kajina to power, they would later have cause to regret it because he he was known as the reformed king. And he became Ensi and uh he went about making these changes. He dismissed many corrupt officials like the chief boatman, the head herdsman, and the fishery inspector who seized private properties. He confiscated the estates of the NCs and placed them under the jurisdiction of the gods, the temples, and removed many court officials, including supervisors who controlled 
the grain grain tax i guess that's how they paid their taxes through grain apparently so and he dismissed the priest who had taken bribes and the temple ministers who had shared tax revenues with the nc so then he set limits on the amount that the priest could collect for the religious rituals this is i think where ties come in hello Think with me here outside the box. That's how ties, uh, I think, came into play. And their fees for burying the dead. He canceled debt slavery and declared a general amnesty for the citizens of Lagash, even for criminals, even for thieves and murderers. Their prison he cleared out. And last but not least, he provided charity for the poor and the elderly. And all these actions he claimed he was directed by the gods. And out of all these reforms, they were carefully recorded and there's cones and tablets to ensure the orphan or the widow to the powerful will not be subjugated so they didn't have to pay taxes and i find that fascinating i mean look at today though what happened you know and then it's it, it's it's mind-boggling to me how all this got established and it's written in cone it's a cone i see a picture of a cone and the way they have their tax now my question is do you go up and down to read or do you go left to right i mean i think from the cone from the largest to the smallest part i think they do go up and down i don't know but hey and then the goddess book confirms the commands given by she wrote them down so hmm i find that fascinating don't you and they portray some historians have portrayed him as a leader of a populist revelation in which free men battled against the the aristocrats oh my god god i can't say it i was practicing it um okay let's just put it this way Her, oh my god aristocracy and wealth landowners and he, he the reforms went only so far that he was merely trying to correct the worst abuses of power he wasn't trying to overturn the basic structures of society and historians have emphasized his role in transitioning the sumerians from a temple economy and where and then the temples uh became the administrative centers of government to a modern secular society based on royal power and in this regard it would be like an ancestor of henry the eighth in the age of old struggle between church and state ah we're getting somewhere people and then euro kajina wasn't really anti-religious revolutionary or an iconoclast the the states that he confiscated from the NCs he gave to the temples so there's some historical historical points and that to his claim of working on behalf of the gods to the right to right the wrongs of society as self-justifying in the assertion of the divine right of kings but his ground had already been covered by other predecessors Anunnatam and Enmatina Matena for you know and then it it just the sincerity of his efforts and the simple result of his reforms was more power 
more power for himself and evidence there's evidence uh, found in the second year of his reign he changed his title from nc to ruler or governor see this is where government governor senators all this started way back then and it's just the 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 creating of it and implementing it and putting it all together so there it, it it's wow it, it uh yeah uh and then with the let's see what else did Ooh. The, they were considered social reforms and he ruled during a period of political instability and civil war between the Sumerian city-states. His antagonist was Lugalug. Okay, try to pronounce this one. L-U-G-A-L-Z-A-G-E-S-I. Oh my God, there's like so much more right after this. Hello, this is KC. Would you like to be a sponsor for Wake Up With KC at a very affordable price? Why not advertise your products, services, or goods here on this show? Another creative way to market your business here at Wake Up With KC. Contact me for more details at wakeupwithkc at gmail. Welcome back to Wake Up With KC, the place to awaken and be the best new you, so you can live your best life now. Okay, we're back, and speaking of Yurukajina, and apparently, you know, after he started getting the reform going and whatnot, there was enemies and what this Lugal Sajsi NC of Uma or King of Uma governor whatever you want to call him he had uh, it seems like he had a, a vengeful he wanted to conquer all of Samar and um and even the the city of Lagash he was like bent on conquering for whatever reason, I was trying to find where, you know, like, what would, why? Why did you want to take over? You know, you have your own. He had two. Um, He had Uma and Yuruk. And he moved his capital and he was considered the man of Uma or the man of Yuruk. And he... I guess there was uh, some good land in between um, where this Lajalsajsi was and where uh, Yuruk Gajina was. And, uh, but Yuruk Gajina was just wanting to focus on his social reformations. He wasn't interested in foreign wars uh, abroad or Sumerian civil wars for that fact at home. Nonetheless, you know, his primary concern was defending his kingdom. So he had to go to war and he was finally defeated, moved to Jersu. And this guy um, followed him there to destroy him. And he finally, um, he finally disappeared. And you don't hear any historic record of it. And who knows, you know, the, for how he died. I mean, the possibilities could be endless back in those times, you know. But it it was it, it was 
fascinating to me to read all this. So he apparently created the first law and codes for people to, you know, honor and respect and implemented that. And it, it it's funny. Wow. I just, mm. and I, there is the, the law reforms of King E. Euro and he was also called this as well so it's funny how they have certain different names but it's the same person <laughs> you know Euro and the Ingina of Lagash it's the same person and there's a book that I'm waiting to get it's called Women Crime and Punishment in Ancient Law and Society now there is one thing I did find that was fascinating and I was like huh what do you mean <laughs> like they really like did those kind of things back then and I'm trying to find it hold up I I just got done read oh okay despite the apparent let's see okay there was um the elite class apparently and the attempts to curb the excesses of the elite class it seems the elite or royal women enjoyed even greater influence and prestige um in his reign than previously so you're Euro Kajina greatly expanded the royal household of women from about 50 persons to 1500 persons and renamed it the household of goddess Wa. So, and gave ownership of the vast amounts of land confiscated from the former priesthood and placed it under the supervision of his wife, Shasha or Shagshak. In the second year of reign, Shasha pre presided over the lavish funeral of the presiders queen bara oh god here we go bara nan matara there you go who had been in an important personage in her right so it, it's fascinating and then they had something about oh what was it po oh what was it what was it po oh my god i can't even think of it right now it was do 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 Polarandi, Polarandi, pro. Hold up, I know it's here somewhere. I read it and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> because there was a um thing about the women and how he, I guess, changed that. And I like, I got, I just got done reading it, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, wow, that's brutal. Let's see. Oh, and there is another thing of, oh, here, 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 I found it. Okay. And this is something, uh, other surviving decrees that were, they're, they're published and, and they've been translated by the Samuel Kramer, Kramer in, in 1964. And there has been some, you know, controversy in, about this. And it seems like your, your could Gina, um, abolish the former custom of polyandry in his country. So they had polyandry back then on the pain of uh, uh, the woman taking multiple husbands and being stoned with rocks upon which her crime is written. And there's a statue stating that, uh, and it's, you can see it, it's on a statue and it says, if a woman says, but you can't read the some of the text and this is to a man her mouth is crushed with burnt bricks no comparable laws from the euro kajina addressing penalties for adultery by men have even survived 
And then the discovery of these fragments have led some modern critics to assert that they provide the first written evidence of the degradation of women. And I can't wait to get into more because I want to find, oh my God, the the book that I told you about the women in crime and whatnot, it has something to do. There's a connection in this person, Elizabeth Muir Tetlow, uh, found some of these texts and writings and, and created a book from it. So there's people that have done some studies on these texts and did the translation to the best of their knowledge of understanding. But you got to understand some of the, the, the these writings and, and how they started putting the the things together it's it's mind-boggling just mind-boggling i'm gonna tell you that right now and and then there is apparently now i could see this because i've seen certain you know you see them in movies and whatnot and how certain people want to oh i want to buy your like your sheep your ox or your your property your house or whatnot and when the person says no you know, I, 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 it's not for sale kind of thing. They were very forceful in getting what they wanted. They were brutal. They were abusive. And uh, Yurik Kajina sort of put, like, which was, I mean, to me, come on, think about it. That's, that's wrong. You don't do that. But apparently they were doing that. And he put in law, uh, the administrators no longer plunder the orchids of the poor. And when a, a high-quality ass is born to a shub, sub, shublugal, I don't know, S-H-U-B-L-U-G-A-L, you pronounce it. And his foreman says to him, I want to buy it from you. Whether he lets him buy it from him and says to him, pay me the price I want, or whether he does not let him buy it from him, the foreman must not strike at him at anger. And it deals with even the house. Uh, a house of an art aristocrat in uh, who adjoins the house of a shub s-h-u-b-l-u-g-a-l uh, i don't know how to pronounce it and he wants to buy it and if the guy says no then you might you must not strike in anger because that there's a punishment for it if you did so apparently that was going on even back then so and how they did now I didn't, now, they made beer back in those times. I did not know that. I'm like, how did they, like, how did they know how to create beer? Huh. Now, I know with wine, it's grapes and and whatnot, but, yeah, they made beer back then. Yeah, 95,000 B.C. Hey, you know, and then this is going on to whatever B.C. What was it? When did he start reigning? He reigned for, oh, my goodness. Uh, the city of Ur did in a later period. Okay, he actually uh, reigned for seven years around the 2375 BC. They had beer back then. Wow. And now we're going to have to get to the next one. Now here's from what I'm going to go over. And now here we got the Code of Lipitschar, which was 1868 BC. So I have a feeling, I mean, from my understanding, they go backwards in the BC times. So just, you know, here's here's what we could, what I want you to think about. When I start going over these laws and sharing, now this is the short, I don't know if there's any other ones that uh, Yurik 
Kajina, but this was the starting of it, and I can't find any more laws. I just briefly told you what I found. Now, with code, the code of Lipid Ishtar, I think it, he took some of what Eurokajina was writing and, and, and what's in cuneiform, and then he created more. So here's what to think about when I start going over the code of Lipitshar and the code of Ur Namu and then the code of Amber Omri. Compare the prologues that preambled the U.S. Constitution and the Ten Commandments of Moses and the similarities. And then the what it said about um, these codes about society and their rulers, like and and then the types of punishments that we're giving. I'm going to go over that, and then what can you discern on the status of women? Now, I just briefly told you about one of what you apparently what was going on with the women, but there was nothing about men committing adultery. Oh, wait until I get in into more of this, but you got to stay tuned. I wish you a wonderful week and I hope you're getting more enlightened and becoming awakened to realizing that, yeah, you know, what we were taught was truth and right. What could, it it could be wrong and not 100% truth. So I will talk to you next Monday.